Welcome to The One Guys Show, where we're going to be bringing you nutritional and mindset insights to help you gain nutritional freedom, lose weight faster, build a winner's mindset, all without the stress, guesswork, and sacrifice that you're used to. Now, this podcast specializes in helping women break free from the dieting shackles that society has placed them in and provides them with a clear path to success. So let's dive in. We're live. We're live. Do you want to back? Go on, you introduce, you introduce. Welcome to the One Guy Show with Hayden and... Quite nice. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say your name. <laughs> I was like, what funny catchphrase do I know? Anyone listening to this that knows that it's quite nice, Angeli. You must know where that's from. Do you know where that's from? Uh, I don't actually know where it's from, but I say it all the time. <laughs> it's from Ali G. What was it? I was going to say, uh, is it um, not Ali G? I thought it was from, uh, what's the one that was like? Um, Mrs. Patterson? Um, the jam sandwich is Pat- Mrs. Patterson? Uh, Mrs. Patterson? Oh my god, what is that? That is. Oh, that's gonna annoy me. That nah. oh, uh, Kevin Perry. Yes, that's the one. Yes. I was like, it's like one of those weird comedy Mickey take ones, and I was like, what is it? Um, mate, Kevin and Perry, what a film. All I wanna do is do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny oh, Ali, Ali G, uh, what a film Ali G is I mean you know what the funny thing is is like you would never ever get away with that now oh god no not, not in a million years like I mate mean, when you look at it you're like it was just it was just I'm, we're not going to get into this so I was like it was just banter but everyone has made a cotton wool these days and you can't say anything but what yeah but I mean why, like no one back then ever I mean there probably was someone that did but like it wasn't a thing. It was just like funny, or it was either your cup of tea or it wasn't. Yeah, and if it wasn't your cup of tea, you just didn't watch it and didn't pay any attention to it. Whereas now, it's, oh, oh. That, yeah. that's it. So before this podcast started, team, we were talking about the craziness, as all of you probably know, the petrol crisis is going on in the UK. For those of you who aren't from the UK, the media basically took that there is a. I've heard a couple of things. Either there was a shortage of drivers to get fuel around the UK, as it were. And I think it was mainly only going to be affecting like BP garages anyway, which was one of the main chains. So it wasn't like that we're going to run short. It was just that BP might struggle with their deliveries at the moment. That was it. Well, the media basically portrayed it as like, don't panic, but there's going to be a mass fuel shortage over the UK, (laughs) but don't panic, which basically team has made the UK panic and everyone's out buying Petrol and diesel, like no tomorrow, and it's carnage. Most petrol stations are shut um, with no fuel, and people are, yeah. Like one of my mates who works for BT, he's, they've all been asked to work from home because really? of the petrol. Yeah. Um, uh, I've seen people filling up jerry cans. Like they fill up their car, they've been filling up jerry cans. Two people said at the gym today, one woman said that she saw someone put an old person, no offence to old people, but like really old person, put £1.70 something in their car. One pound? Just to top it up to the top. And another person, this other woman was like, yeah, I saw someone put like £2.30 in it. Saw two old people just topping it up to the brim. And I'm like, you don't go anywhere. You probably go to Sainsbury's once a week. Like you don't need your petrol. Like just relax. Like I admit, I didn't need fuel. And I had a red light on Friday. This is before I didn't, I don't, re- I don't listen to the news or, or I'm in tune with the media. So I didn't know. And this is when I went to Esso, which is a local garage. 
there are other garages that you can go to. Um, and I went to the garage. I queued for 40 minutes and then I got to the pump and it ran out of diesel. And I was like, what the hell? And I was like, why is there such a crazy queue? And it wasn't until I went into the gym to use their printer that they were like, oh, have you not seen the news? Like, apparently there's going to be a fuel shortage or the so, so the media have said, and it's caused panic. And I was like, oh, I then, ha- and I was on red. So I had less than 30 miles in my tank and I had to drive 20 miles to go to the pickup put down in Hayward Heath. So I was like, right, I've got enough petrol to get there, but I won't be able to get home. So I was like, I, I need to get petrol, like not because of there's a petrol thing. Uh, the fifth petrol station I went to finally had some and there was a queue that wasn't crazy that I queued up outside. But me being me, I only drive to the gym and back working from home as we do. So I only put in half a tank. So I was like, well, I'll get some just because if Rosie runs out, I was like, I'll probably have to let her borrow my car or something. But yeah, that's petrol. Yeah, it's uh, like... Uh, I've, I've heard that it's just like it's literally as well most uh, garages just use like two big players that are the ones that are short like have a, dri- a driver shortage issue yeah so and that's, that's literally it it's like the toilet roll thing when COVID hit wasn't it yeah and you know what that was from that was from Australia yeah so Australia get their pulp to make toilet roll from China so they had a shortage and basically the UK decided even though we make apparently our pulp not from China. I don't know whether we make the, the pulp from here or something. Either way, basically, we didn't need to panic, but we decided to just copy Australia and be like, everyone oh my God, quick. You, you, oh, God. And, mate, people, you do feel sorry. Like, there was one woman on there, I saw her on Facebook. She was, like, crying. She was like, I'm queuing up to petrol. I don't know if I'm going to conk out before I get there. I need to get to a hospital appointment. Mate, apparently someone, I don't know if it's true. Obviously, it's, this is why I don't watch the media, because it's usually full of horse dung. Um, horse like, dung. <laughs> Uh, what do you call not hospitals ambulances and stuff are obviously like running yeah. short on fuel and stuff well I think I'm pretty sure like um, I think Sophie said this so like garages they're required to leave a certain amount for emergency services so no. even when they're like out they're not out they're, it's meant to be like but I think even then what was it like they can only like they can fill up like 30 quid's worth but it's not they're, much yeah they're putting in they're, all garages now have a uh what do you call it? A limit. Yeah, a cap on fuel. You can only put in 35 quid, which is tough because it's like if you, you know, if you do a lot of driving, then you've got, you've got to stop several times. Yeah, you're going to have to. Well, my, my brother-in-law, as it were, he drove down last night to pick up a new car in Times Wales. And he was like, I'm coming from Bristol. When I pick up the car, he was like, I, it needs to have fuel in it. It was like, it can't not have fuel in it. It has to have fuel in it. And they were like, yeah, that's cool. He drove the whole way here. And apparently none of the service stations had petrol and all of them had signs saying no petrol. That's mad. That is mad. Uh, team, if I'm uh, sniffing, I'm really sorry. It's because... You got the car. Um, no, it's... I think I... Like, absolutely fine whenever I, like, leave the house or anything. But when Sophie finished her job, she got given some flowers and I'm just heavily allergic to, like, pollen and stuff. Really? And yeah, oh, mate. Like, when some flowers come in the house, like, I'm literally like a hawk. I'm like... Is there new flowers in the house? And she's like, no. Get them out. Yeah. Get them out of the house. It is, it's oh, so man. annoying. No, but as soon as I get outside or literally go anywhere else, I'm like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. You're like, oh, I can breathe again. Uh, anyway, so team, the discussion that we wanted to kind of have with you today stems from a conversation that um, I've had with a few people over the last few weeks. And it's all about, we've, done a podcast before about dieting expectations but it's it's something slightly slightly different it's about 
when you start your diet now this is kind of like the misconception or it's it's what headphones on man the headphones if you listen to this i'm so sorry i was like why is my audacity not like flatlining when i'm not talking and i was like "Ah, it's because i haven't got my (laughs) headphones in andy don't hate me too much i'm sorry totally messed up i mean Uh, all of my audio is going to be picking up you as well have fun that one andy yeah enjoy that um but i feel like i'm having this so i've never actually spoke to andy so hello andy i've never actually spoken to him but i've only heard him through ryan so i feel like it's just this like friend that i've never spoken to Mm, you're the microphone basher yeah sorry about that um (laughs) but basically what what i was saying was that when you start this dieting phase for whatever reason you think that you have to be perfect. You think your whole dieting journey has to be perfect. Your expectations are so skewed that you think it has to be perfect. Or if you in like invest into yourself, you join a program, you join an app, you join something new, you feel like you have to do it to perfection. And anything other than perfection is a failure. And this is often what gets people caught up in this loop of never actually truly seeing success because it never be when life happens and you're not successful in that one instant or that one moment you think oh well what's the point in continuing like i've never ever been successful before like why would it all of a sudden start happening now but you want to kind of start to think like to think differently now where i want to start of start of this is you've got to realize like your dieting journey is never going to be this linear line like you are never ever ever going to quote unquote crush it all the time. You're never going to perfectly hit your calories. You're never going to perfectly hit your steps. Your sleep is never going to be perfect. Your stress is never going to be super low. Like there's so many external factors that affect all of these things. And do you know what? It's okay. It's absolutely fine. You need to understand that it's fine not to be perfect. You need to understand every single person in this entire world will go through a stressor like you have or mm-hmm. like you will go through and it will knock you off course slightly. But as we always say, just as long as you're not drifting so far away that it actually starts really uh, affecting your results, then you can always just micro check in with yourself and course correct again. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was going to sneeze. going to try and stop myself. Oh, I'm good. I think I'm good. I think I'm good. So, hold on, you count. So yeah. So when it comes when it comes to your dieting journey, like I want you to understand that it will never be perfect, and you all know this. You probably all understand this because you can think to a time where you've started your diet. Something has happened, whether it be a week later, even a day later, a week later, two two months later, something has always popped up. Mm. Now, just because this thing pops up it doesn't mean that you need to completely forget about everything. Like there are so many different ways that I could take this conversation, but to start off with, I just want to like, I want to put it to the point of where Ryan talks about this concept perfectly about this dial. Now this dial being um, like, you've got to th- actually, do you know what? I'm not going to butcher it. I'm going to let Ryan um, talk about this dial because he explains it so, so well, like uh, almost like a flight, don't you? Like you've got all of these different dials yeah. and you, you can turn them up and down. Go on, you take the stage. Take the stage. <laughs> Hi guys, nice to, uh, nice to be back. Now basically, it's, what, what you've got to do is everyone kind of sees weight loss as this switch and it's like you're either on track or you're off track. 
and that's it. It's the be all and end all. But the way that we kind of talk to our clients about it is actually what you want to do is see it more like dials. You have dials in life, whether that's relationships, weight loss, socializing, business, personal growth, whatever these things are, your children, your family, all of these dials there. The thing is, is like with anything, you can't have everything up 100% at the same time. It just doesn't work. You always have to have some dials on 100% and some dials have to be turned down because you can't spread your energy across so many different things and ultimately give it 110% and be the best version of you. So the best way to look at weight loss is just one of the dials that you have in life. Sometimes you turn it up and then other times, you know, maybe you've got social events, the social, the social dial gets turned up, the weight loss dial gets turned down and that's absolutely fine. And what you then got to realize is that it doesn't mean that the weight loss switch is off. It's never off. You've just turned it from hundred percent down to maybe 30% because you know that there could be some consumption in alcohol. Maybe you might go over calories a little bit. So the weight loss might be slower this week. You haven't turned the dial off. You haven't switched it off. You've just simply giving it less precedence and less kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for that begins with P? Prioritization at this moment in time, because ultimately you can't have the dial of weight loss up 100, 110% every single time because it doesn't work when you want to kind of then prioritize other things in your life, which is where I think we've all gone wrong before is we've tried to keep the weightless dial at 100%, tried to turn all the other dials up. And what you kind of got to realize is that actually, you know, like a circuit board, it overheats and it fizzles out and basically something's just going to go bang. Uh, and usually it's your weight loss. That's it. The weightless dial just breaks and, and you stop again. There's like, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with like, um, let's say you start your, you started your fat loss journey on Monday. And let's say like everything has been good up till today. And then today, all of a sudden, like you've been hit with this massive stressor and this stressor is like, it's, it's making you want to pull your hair out. You can't think of anything else but this one thing. Your emotions are really, really high. And you know that your, uh, a lot of your emotions surround like comfort eating and stuff. And you have actually started eating more today than you normally have over the last few days. A lot of people have this now switch, like Ryan said, where you're like, well, I've eaten more than I should have. That's it. I've ruined it. And then you stop. But you can use this moment to be like, okay, cool. Well, this thing has happened in my life. What is the one thing that is going to truly make me successful when it comes to dieting? And how can I just put some, um, what's the word? How can I put some actions in place to make sure that I'm moving close to my trajectory rather than further away? So let's use the example of what I'm saying where, you know, you've been quote unquote eating perfectly. As most people say, you've been eating perfectly throughout the week. And then today's happened. Well, you can just say, well, okay, do you know what? I'm not going to worry today about the quality of my food. It doesn't matter. The quality of my food today, I'm just going to like, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to get through the day. But what I am going to do to myself is still worry about the amount of calories that I eat. So even though it's not quote unquote perfect, you are still moving closer to your trajectory because you're like, yes, you may have not hit your protein targets. Yes, you may have not had plenty of nutritional uh, dense foods, but you have still taken one action of getting closer um, to your goal by making sure you're tracking your calories. Or a flip reverse of that could be, it might not even be tracking your calories. It may be just, do you know what? Yes, I haven't had, uh, I, I didn't even... Uh, track my calories today. Like I actively, uh, because so much was going on, I completely forgot. Um, I have no idea how many calories I've eaten, but do you know what? From this moment now, 
I'm going to track the rest of my calories, even if that's just for one meal, even if that's just for dinner, because I promise you by you doing that action, you are far, far more likely to have a calorie controlled meal than if you were to say to yourself, oh, well, I've, I've ruined today. There's no point. You are more likely to snack when you get home. You're more likely to graze when you're cooking your meal, rather than if you just have that straight line of being like, right, I'm going to draw a line in the sand. Today's happened. But my next action from here is I'm going to log my calories for my evening meal. Yeah, it's it's such a it's such a uh, growth prevention. Yeah. Like when it comes to like this, this perfectionism is it? And it's like you got two options. You either always keep starting something, but then as soon as something doesn't go your way, you quit, and then it usually spirals out of control worse than it ever would have done. Or it just leads to procrastination. You literally never start because you never find the perfect time to do it. And it's like, imagine that, like you literally will just never start something. And, and I think it's probably one of the biggest things as to why most people don't even get started because they just procrastinate because they're waiting and waiting and waiting for this perfect time. Or they start, but they never get further than like one to two weeks before something comes along that they're like, well, that's not normal. And I always say this, I'm like, if you drove, if you were driving to your holiday and you got stuck in traffic and you're going to get there 30 minutes later, than planned, you wouldn't turn around and scrap the whole holiday. But that's that's pretty much what you're doing. It's like you literally taking something so small and minute and you're literally eradicating everything you've done up until that point and everything that you could possibly do moving onwards from that as well. Because we get stuck in this kind of mindset of that <clears throat> that's it, it has to be perfect and nothing can go wrong. And if it does, then we failed. And it's like, well, hold on. Like, when you first learned to ride a bike, you didn't ride it first time and not fall off. When you first learned to write handwriting, you didn't maybe, you know, smudge your fountain. Oh God, I used to hate that. Smudge your fountain pen. You know, when you were first learning how to, oh God knows, like ride a skateboard, you fell off. Like whenever you're learning things, when you first learned to drive a car, you stalled it. Like these things are so normal. You never stopped from continuing the learning process just because something happened. Yet with weight loss, we get stuck in that bubble of like, it has to be one plus one is two. And if it's not, and we maybe get it wrong, we're never going to do it. And this also kind of leads to the second kind of point as to what I was talking about was that ultimately, if we get stuck in this and we never manage to overcome this kind of perfectionism uh, outlook, as it were, you never grow as an individual. And we, we fear failure, you know, and that's probably another reason why people don't do what they need to do is because they fear failure and they don't want to make mistakes because ultimately it's a, it's an ego thing. You know, we either think that if we do something, we have to do it perfectly first time. And this yeah. is this kind of social uh, identity that we hold of ourselves. You know, like you can probably think of a few people off the top of your head that like they will only do something if they're going to be good at it. If they know there's something that they're not going to be good at, they won't even try because they, their fear is that they'll, their identity will drop because they won't be good at something. And it's like, no one is good at everything. And, you learn from these mistakes and that's where you grow. Like every time in life you've made a mistake, you've grown into a better person. You're a kid. You put your finger on the hot stove. It burnt you. You learned your lesson. Oh yeah. Don't do that again. Cause it hurt. You learned that the stove should not be touched when it's hot. If you hadn't learned that lesson, imagine if you hadn't paid attention, you're just like, Oh, it hurt, hurts. Or you'd never done these things. Like you would never have learned and you continue to keep touching the bloody hot stove and you'd have a sore finger time and time again. It's like you have to learn from mistakes because it is so important for you to grow as a person. If we never made mistakes, you wouldn't be here. We can all pick things that, you know, we've done and we're like, yeah, no, I learned my lesson. And it's like, yeah, of course you did. If you don't learn your lesson, it's when parents are like, you never learn your lesson. And eventually it just gets worse and worse and worse till like where people are now, where they've 
you know, been so scared of failing and every time they fail, they've quit that they've just accepted that, oh, well, I'm meant to be, you know, overweight and there's no change. It's like, well, no, you've just got to learn to look at your failures differently. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird that you actually, uh, you mentioned that because part of the conversation that I had uh, today with one of the, with one of our clients was the fact that she said that, oh, do you know what? She's like, I think maybe I actually signed, and, and this what by her saying is it wasn't like a bailout on her point. She was just like um, saying her thoughts and she was saying, oh, like maybe I'm thinking that I probably started this at the wrong time. And it was exactly like you said, the, the, the trouble is like, there's never a perfect time. Like when can you like, do you actually think of a time in your life where the whole entire week has been perfect? I, I literally can't remember a, a week where I haven't gone through some sort of stressor. Like yeah. the stressor hasn't always been the same. Like it's, it's always changed, but like there's always some stressor that is, yeah. is going to be there. It's like if you started on a Sunday, mapped out your, your like day as it were, and you were like a week. So you're like, okay, cool. I'm going to hit steps, calories, train five times a week. I've got these things up on my board that my like to do things every Monday and Sunday. These are my non-negotiables that I have to do in the business and my additional things. It's like, there's always something that didn't go right. I didn't train Monday and Tuesday because I had loads of work on and I just prioritized getting some stuff done and catching up on one of my courses. So I didn't end up training. It's like literally from Monday, I didn't train. And I was like, oh, it's the first day and I haven't got to the gym. I didn't sack the gym off for the whole rest of the week. I was like, okay, cool. And I, you, you know what I do when I do this. I didn't go Monday. And then Tuesday, we we're really busy with work. So I didn't go Tuesday. I always say that I have my non-negotiables of like, three to four times a week. So because I missed Monday and Tuesday, I literally wasn't like, oh, I've messed it up. You know, I can't train everything twice a week. I was like, okay, cool. I now, because I've had those two days, I now have to train Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. No, no if, ands or buts. It has to happen because I set like, I think we spoke about this before. Like I set my like minimum viable thing. It's like, I have a bit of leeway, but now I reached that. And I was like, look, if you don't go Tuesday, you have to go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Like there's no argument. Yeah. yeah 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 exactly but even then on that point like let's say let's say hypothetically speaking like let's say something happened mm. tomorrow and you were like it you just categorically could not get to the gym you're still not going to throw in the towel and be mm. like well do you know what this eight-week plan that i've drawn out now there's no point i'm just going to start again on monday it, it still doesn't work it still doesn't no. work like that like you you still you still change and adjust accordingly mm. because there's going to be times where even though you might set these like non-negotiables, like it's by the way, for everyone that anyone that doesn't do that, like setting non-negotiables is amazing. Like it, it sets the, like the standard in your head and even, and it also, it stops this perfection feeling that you have. So a little tip, what we do with our clients is we don't give them a calorie number they must hit. It's not like we say to our clients, and I've seen some coaches do this before, which is absolute madness. It's like, you imagine have to stress. Eat, oh no, you have to eat 18,052 calories. And like people are trying to hit that number. Like a week, we, not a day. <laughs> yeah. What we, what we do with our, um, what we do with our clients is we give them like a, a bracket and we say, right, for example, you want to be between, let's say, 15 to 1700 or even sometimes it's a 
it's a bit more aggressive. Maybe it's about 15 to 1800 calories, mm. like just somewhere between that bracket. Yeah. And then it gives the client autonomy to be able to be like, do you know what? I've got a few things on the weekend. I'm going to go close to the 1500. But then maybe when work is super stressful, life happens. Do you know what? I'm just going to ease off a little bit. I'm going to aim higher to the 1800. As long as you're still within that bracket, like you're going to see somewhat yeah. success. But like it gives even, them flexibility as well, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And even if they're not in that bracket, it's not like we're like, well, you've ruined it. There's no point no. continuing here. Like we're still like, okay, cool. Well, let's just see what mm. we can do to um, make small adjustments. If even that is needed stuff, sometimes yeah. it's just not even needed. And and it's so individualistic. Like I always say, in those scenarios, you could literally just be like, oh, okay, well actually let's just look at my weekly target it's like am i out completely over my weekly target no well i could potentially make up or depending on the individual if it's going to cause them stress trying to like reap back and they'll feel like they're punishing themselves cool like you most of you out there are probably in like a four to five thousand calorie deficit across the week you going over your calories by a thousand on one day is not going to take you out of your deficit for the week you are literally still going to lose body fat even if the scales jump up due to excess food volume, carbs, like, like water, all these different things, you are literally still going to lose weight because you've got to look at the, it from a week. And I also say a really great way to think about that is, you know, say something happens on a Wednesday and you're like, blew it, went out, Hayden and I had like, you know, two bottles of wine and one of my calories by like a thousand. Caden's like, okay, well, don't worry about it. You know, you've, you've literally probably still in at least a 3,000 calorie deficit for the week. Yeah, but it's just not good enough, is it? We want to be in a 4,000 calorie deficit. We'll break it down into meals. And I always like to look at it from that point of view. You did that Wednesday. You still got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You've got four days. If you on average have three meals a day, that's 12 meals that you've still got that you can still make sure that are built in alignment with what your goals are. Yeah. And it's like, are you telling me that you're going to scrap off 12 meals because one meal out of all of your, you know, 21 meals that you have a week didn't go your way. It's like, you've literally still got 50% of your meals left. You've literally still got 50% of your meals left for the week. And you're going to scrap the whole week off because one meal didn't go your way. It's like if someone had something and you had, I know 21 shots on goal and you, uh, you missed one of them, you wouldn't, scrap it and be like, yeah, I'm not a very good football player because I only got 20 in. You know that you're not going to get all of them in. It's like the days. You're not going to get all 21 meals to be perfect for your goals. But if you get the majority perfect for your goals, you know, two or three maybe aren't as nutritionally dense you want or aren't as calorie controlled as you want. Don't worry about it. It's like you still got so many more meals that were in your favor that are going to help. And then you it will make you feel so much more relaxed and not feel like a failure because you've just like one mil didn't go your way. It doesn't matter. It's one mil out of like 21 on average. Yeah, it goes back to that like binary thinking, doesn't it? Where it's like, you're either like, what was I successful today with my nutrition? Yes or no. And it's only that yes or no you think of. Yeah. Instead of being like more of like a continuum of like- How successful was I today? Yeah, exactly. Like how much did I go over my, my calories? How success, how, how yeah. much success uh, did I have or didn't I have? And then you can start to break it down. And as soon as, like Ryan said, as soon as you break it down like that, all of a sudden you're now thinking, okay, cool. Well, actually, do you know what? I was only 300 calories over today. I could probably knock 150 calories off the next two days coming up. And I'm exactly back on the place where I was going anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's just getting, like, think about whenever you're doing stuff, like, just as like an overview umbrella thing here, is like anything that you put too much pressure on stresses you out 
causes anxiety. You worry about it. And any little thing that goes against the grain, that's it. The piece of wood snaps. And it's like, it's not that way. Like I always say this life happens. Like nothing will go your way. You know, nothing goes your way. You know, your work doesn't always go your way, but you don't have one bad day at work and be like, yeah, sorry, Phil, I quit. Here's my notice. Like you can't do that. And it's the same with weight loss. Like no one's a perfect parent throughout the whole life of their kids. No one is perfect at their job for their whole life. No one is perfect at being a friend every single day. You know, we all mess up in areas of our life. It's perfectly normal. It's, it's about being a human, but the difference is between people that are successful and people that aren't successful is what you do in the moment of the failure. That literally is your make or break moment. How you react in that situation is what is the difference between being successful and not being successful. And that's probably worth reminding yourself, bit of a stoic quote there. But like whenever something happens in your life that isn't how you wanted it to go and it's a mistake or a failure, you literally have two options. You can either like review it and allow it to project you and build upon it and become a better person and grow, or you can allow it to prevent you. You can allow it to be an absolute huge knockback and you can feel like a failure and not move any closer to your goals. And it literally is in those moments as to how you react, as to what the outcome will be for you. And that goes not only for weight loss, it goes for life. Like think, be thinking human beings. Yeah, this, and this kind of leads me into the, the point of where I wanted to give people a bit more clarity. And this is the conversation that we went down and we were saying like, this is the difference of like, this is why it's so important to have your goals. This is why it's so important to have process goals, because if you don't have any kind of goals and you don't know the direction that you're actually heading and you're just doing the daily task because either you've been told to, or you think you should be. And especially when it comes to like fat loss, you, everyone's always got these um, thoughts of what you should, should, you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing. But if you don't have goals, when you inevitably have these days where life happens and nothing comes perfect, it's very easy for you to just be like, ah, well, you know, it wasn't perfect. It didn't work. So do you know what? That's, I don't really know. There's no point continuing. Whereas if you have goals, like the example that I used with my client was like, I'm a massive, like, um, to start off with people starting their journey anyway, I'm a massive uh, believer in people using like cal a calendar compliance system. So let me give an example of what the calendar compliance system is. It's like you are essentially scoring your day out of five. Let's say you've got five, you've got five things that you're setting yourself. And these are your process goals. So these five things that you're setting yourself as your process goals. So as a random example, and don't take this as uh, like Hayden's, like Gospels, Hayden says you must be doing this. Let's say number one is like hitting 10K steps. Let's say number two is hitting your calorie bracket between 15 to 1700 calories. Let's say number three is getting in bed at 9 p.m. Let's say four is drinking two liters of water. And let's say five is um, reading uh, a self development book for 15 minutes a day. So you've got those five goals that you've set yourself. Now, you've obviously got a max score of 35 over the course of the week. So over the course of the week, you've got a max score of 35. And all you were looking to do is just score your day out of the process goals that you've set yourself. So if you nail every single one of those goals that you set yourself, you score yourself a five that day. You literally just put five on the, on the day of the calendar. And then let's say the next day, you only managed to do three of them. 
So you score yourself a three. The next day you scored a four, the next day you scored a five, so on and so forth. At the end of the week, you then look at the score and you're like, okay, out of, thir- out of 35, what did I score? Did I score? I, I say to my clients, ideally, you probably want to be scoring like 70% and upwards of it. But even not then- Not 100%. <laughs> not 100%. Because if it's not 100%, you might as well quit. Um, <laughs> but I'm always saying to clients, look, look to at least try and get 70%. Anything above 70% is absolutely great. And then if it's below 70%, it's, and even if it is above 70%, to be fair, it's an opportunity for, for you to see if there's any reoccurring themes going on. So let's say, for example, you see every single day apart from two days, you didn't hit your 10K steps. So then you can go back to yourself and be like, is 10K steps realistic for me? Like, can I maybe create this non-negotiable, like Ryan spoke about before, of like a certain number of like maybe, can I create that non-negotiable of, let's say, um, 7,000? So at least you're always getting to that 7,000 or not. But by you being able to evaluate this at the end of the week and seeing what's going on, it allows you to put your focus in areas where you feel like you're struggling a little bit. Because if yeah. you're crushing a certain like uh, process goal that you set every single day, well, that's awesome. Keep doing that. You don't need to place your focus in doing that because it's very, very automatic for you now. I think it's, uh, sorry, the dogs have joined the podcast. If you hear pitter-patter feet, they were scratching at the door because their dinner is late. They're meant to be fed <laughs> at half four, but we started the podcast late. Um, so these guys are going to have to wait. But it's, I think a lot of like, especially when it comes to weight loss, I think so much of it is like normalizing stuff. Like so much, so many things are put on like these pedestals. And then we yeah. wonder why like we're stressing about all these things that like half the time don't even need to be stressed about. Like being perfect, having this perfect journey, like that's put on a pedestal that it has to be an A to B. You can't have an A1, an A2, an A3, an A4, 5, you know, before you get to B of five you know, things that don't go your way before you get to the end. It has to be A to B done. And it's like, if we can just normalize, like making mistakes, normalize going over your calories, normalize occasionally emotional eating, normalize, you know, the scale's not changing. It's like you normalize those things. They're then not this like pedestal of negativity that is surrounding weight loss. Dexter, get out my bin. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, just made, it makes it so much more free kind of with how weight loss is. Um, rather than these things being such a big issue. And, and it, you know, it's the whole saying, like mount, making a mountain out of a molehill. Um, that's what we do. And I think a lot of it, if we can normalize a lot of it, it just makes it so much easier. Yeah, you're so right. Because I think actually something that, going to big, us, big ourselves up here, something that we did very, very well uh, inside the academy when we're in like the midst of COVID and it was like absolutely chaotic, was we said to our clients, we're like, do you know what? everything is shut. You're not socializing. Things are just a bit crap right now. And it's okay to get some of your um, excitement from food because I'm doing exactly the same. There's nothing else I have to look forward to. Who didn't put on a couple of COVID pounds? Exactly. So we actually normalize this with our clients and we're saying, look, do you know what? You can have this food. You can eat it. You can enjoy it. You can have these emotions but, you know, as long as it's not absolutely ruining your life and every single second of the day, you're all of a sudden and you're not, uh, it, it's dictating a lot of your decision making in terms of like you're not tracking anymore and all those things. It's fine. Like it's OK because touch wood, I mean, it's still looming a little bit, but COVID will pass. 
Like it will happen. Yes, granted it. I mean, when we probably gave that speech, we didn't expect it to last the near only a year and a half. But <laughs> oh, come on, it's, yeah, it's mad. We are li- we're literally three, what, four months? Well, no, yeah, five months away from the two year mark. Oh, it's quite funny because we were um, we I was at a wedding on Saturday and um, I was living with a house a housemate at the time, and we were sitting in our front room and we were laughing because I said when it all came out in the news. I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. I was like, it's one of those things where in a month's time, we'll be like, what was all that about? Can you remember that moment when that happened? And then we were like, it's still a year and a half later. And we're yeah, still man. like... But I think it's like anything. Like, I don't... I mean, we're not going to talk about it, but yeah. I, I don't think it's... It's obviously not going to go away. Do you know what I mean? It's, you know, like flu and all other things. Like, they don't just go away. You just have to learn how to live with it and manage it. Um, yeah. Which is crazy. But yeah. Yeah. So uh, the, the kind of theme of today's theme was like, I, I wanted you to feel a little bit better about yourselves, whether you're experiencing this now or it's going to pop up at some point. But if you're currently on a fat loss journey or you're about to start your fat loss journey, like understand like it's okay for it not to be perfect every single day. Just make sure you're constantly evaluating things that are going on because if there are reoccurring themes and yes, you want to put them in place, but just like Ryan said, we need to normalize these feelings of like stress. For a lot of people, your, um, your emotion towards that is then turning to food, is getting comfort from food. That is a normal thing. That is absolutely fine. Again, just don't let it dictate your whole life. Don't let it completely um, knock off your trajectory. But yeah. it's okay to have these days where things aren't going to be perfect. Maybe fat loss isn't your priority. And that's okay because there's another day where it might be your priority and you can Mm -hmm. kind of move it. Even if it turns into like a week where it's not your priority, it's okay. You've got literally another 51 weeks out of the year for you to make it your priority. Like, Uh, Yeah, Matt, I've had so many social events and then I was, I had that cold that was going around everywhere. Um, And then one thing led to another and it's like, I didn't lose weight. Like I pretty much just maintained for three weeks. Like the past few weeks, I've literally just maintained 95, just sat there. And I'm like, oh, you know, you, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, but aren't you annoyed? Like, it's three weeks and nothing's moved. And it's like, yeah, but I had social events and stuff. Like, I know this weekend is my last social event um, for a while. So I'm like, cool. I'm gonna, so I'm going to interject there. Uh, we have Ascot. Um, yeah, but it's like one out of like this. I mean, I've had something for the past like eight weeks. Um, <laughs> so it's nice to have a couple of weeks off. Um, but yeah, like this week was the first week that I kind of got back into the groove of things. And continue there. And you've just got to understand that like, it's fine. Like it's perfectly normal. There's gonna be a really busy time. And it's like, I just chose to make the option of I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna to keep to the gym. I'm gonna keep hitting my steps. I'm gonna be aware of my nutrition. But if I don't lose much weight, then you know it is what it is. I've got a lot of social events going on, a lot of busy stuff going on, like every single weekend for the next like near enough two months. So I was like, it's cool, I'll do the best. And probably for the last, yeah, three weeks, it just hasn't moved. And I'm like, no, eh, it's all right. Like life happens. Yeah. I'm literally like, it's cool. Cause as soon as you kind of get the reins on more things and I turn the dial up a bit more, it will, it will start moving again. It's not a problem. It's always in your control. Yeah. And this is, this is the last point that uh, I, I actually want to, uh, I wanted to add in is are you saying that like the fact that you didn't like nothing really changed for three weeks, but you, I don't, I'm trying to think of the right word, how to say this, but you, um, it's not like you sat there and you were like, what's going on? Like, 
why haven't I lost anything? Like you all yeah. know well what has been going on. Like you've had awareness to be like, do you know what? I haven't been doing this. I haven't been doing that. Like that hasn't been optimized, but yeah. it's okay. Rather than I think so many people are like, they know they haven't been doing the right things, yet they're still annoyed because yeah. they think they're on this diet. So yeah, it's also about, yeah, it's just like taking ownership. It's like, Ownership, that's the right word. I was only getting like half my workouts in. I wasn't tracking my calories anymore. I was just kind of like ad-lib eating. I had like, I was having like social events, not just like evenings, but it was like days and evenings. I was eating out. It's like there was so much going on that just wasn't in line with it. That I was like, meh, like if I don't lose, it's cool. It's like, I'm not going to look back at the end and be like, oh man, there's three weeks that it didn't move. And I'm like, I've had a great time, you know? When the little baby comes along, I'm not going to be able to, party on down to socialize as much so enjoy what is there yeah you're not you're not even gonna have uh, much sleep <laughs> no, i know man i'm gonna be so tired i think we're gonna age horrendously now that's it lose my hair get wrinkles go gray <laughs> you'll never take that off nah hat is glued to my head permanently um cool well have you got any final thoughts anything you wanted to share or you uh um, um, to wrap this up yeah just as i always say life happens you got to roll with the punches and as i said earlier it's what you do in the moments that make the difference between being successful and not being successful mistakes are going to happen but in those moments you've got to make the conscious decision as to you know you're going to take ownership and use it as a lesson learned or you're just going to you know take it uh kind of in not a great way and just throw your hands in there and just and just quit and it's like those are two very di- those two reactions and actions produce two very different outcomes yeah I think that's a good way to, to wrap this up so uh, we'll see you on a uh, another podcast next week hope you have an amazing week and go absolutely smash Monday yeah have a good week team see you in a bit <laughs>